You're listening to the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. I'm your host, LM Fisher, musician, producer, and creator. This live episode features 2MX2. I spoke with the band at their Sonic Guild show at the Roots Music Project. We discussed the beginnings of the group, how advocacy influences the way the band makes and performs music, finding venues outside of the traditional live circuit, and so much more. This is the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast with 2MX2. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Talk about an amazing first set, right? Jamming. So we are very excited today to produce a live Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. One of the exemplary things about working with Sonic Guild is that I have the privilege and the honor to speak with so many incredible local musicians here in Colorado. And now we welcome 2MX2. We are so happy to have you guys here. So you all uh, here with us are tuning in to the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast with 2MX2. Let's start from the beginning. How did the group get started and what evolution took place to the formation we have now? So basically, this guy started rapping back when we were kids. Yeah. I think I, uh, I started, uh, started writing poetry back in middle school and then I started putting my poetry to music. Um, so that's how I got started. And back in the day of pagers, I used to have him call my pager and, and do uh, raps. rap rap for me and then what he was got the code? tired yeah he got he got no the code was just his rap eight, eight zero zero eight he would just he would have me do like his little voicemail thing and i'd do like a little rap like yo leave a message for owen you know and like <laughs> yeah he got tired of me doing that so he taught me how to rap i was like that and way you could uh, do it yeah that's the beginning of us right there thank you pagers yeah so r.i.p <laughs> And how did Lolita and DMD, how did you guys get involved in the group? DMD actually was, so we met him in high school and um, one of our friends was like, hey, you need to rap battle these two guys. And uh, (laughs) I was the two guys. (laughs) They were like, this guy's like two dudes up here. (laughs) Yeah, so basically we rap battled and we became best friends after the rap battle. Classic and, meet cute. Yeah, he had a studio on his computer, and it was like it's like a little. I don't even know what the hell it was. It was just like recording, and I was like, "This is your fucking studio, dude. This is yeah, awesome." Yeah. We were there all the time after that. Yeah, yeah, and then so we met him as a producer and a rapper, and uh, he's been making our music ever since we started, basically since yeah. we were in high school, yeah. and that's how we met DMD. Yep. And then Lolita. Thank you. My microphone died. Um, <laughs> but uh, I met Owen at CU Denver. We both went to school for music business. Uh, yeah. I met him in music law class. He was uh, struggling, so I helped him with some notes. Why we got to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we kind of organically just started writing music together, and eventually I joined the band when it felt right. Yeah, and I think the next two members, so uh, Kenny O, we met him when we were on tour with the Flowbots. So the Flowbots, yeah, that was one of our favorite bands growing up, and we got to tour with them in 2015, 
and Kenny O is actually an official Flowbot member and said, hey, if y'all ever want a drummer, I'm down. And we didn't think he was serious until in 2018 we asked him, like, for real, like, you, you really are serious? <laughs> we were so and, scared to ask him, too. <laughs> and then we asked him, he was like, yeah, sure. We were like, oh, no, it's okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Prepare the space, like, freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we were, were fangirling him while yeah. we were in rehearsal. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. We're we like, so, uh, would you, did you remember when you said that you would? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were you, were you serious about that? Yeah. And uh, he, he joined us in 2018, and we've been killing it ever since with Kenny O. Thank you, Kenny O. Shout Thank out. Thank you, Kenny. And then Adrian, we, I knew him from school. We both, we all knew him from school, and, and I put up a Facebook post, a famous, you know, Anybody know a guitar player? <laughs> and he reached out and was consistent, and he's here with us today, and he's been one of the greatest additions to our group, so. Well, give it up. You guys are an amazing group. You have such amazing chemistry together. Walk me through the creative process from a song's concept for you into the studio and the end product. All right, we'll start with Chichi Suelta. <laughs> So Chichi Suelta, that's, so basically we get inspiration from everywhere, but you want to tell them the story? Yeah, yeah. Um, one time, my brother and his girlfriend, um, <laughs> so my brother's girlfriend went out on the town with her friends, and when she came back home, my brother realized she went out with a top without a bra underneath. Um, and he was like, ¿Te fuiste pa' fuera de Chichi Suelta? Like, you went out like that? Like, with... And I was like, I have What's never Chichi heard Suelta that mean? in my life. It does not translate well to English, though. Just so you guys know. But it's with your boobs, like, loose. Like, out and about. Your boobs are out and about. They're just out there. Free bird. And I had never heard that word, like, before. And I was like, I have to have that in a song. One day, David made an awesome beat. And I was just, I just started singing something. And we just recorded it. I was like, oh, what's that? <laughs> She had this like tone. It was like, no, 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 this. I was like, oh my god, do that now! And she went, <laughs> she did it. Yeah. It was awesome. And then we got Gigi's with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, so like a lot of times I'll life be experience. working on the music and I'll send it to them and and like either they like it or they don't. And then hopefully they like it. I'm always like scared to show them because like yeah. I made so much music for them by now and like they're just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm just like, god damn, guys, this is getting hard. <laughs> That's, like that, it. that's definitely like the typical process is usually he'll make the music, he'll send it to us and then we'll write to it. But sometimes we'll write something and like write it to just like some different music that some instrumental and then he'll hear the song and then he'll be inspired to make the music. So sometimes we do it vice versa, but for the most part, usually he creates the music and then we write to it. Yeah, it's like babies. You never know how they're going to happen. You know? <laughs> Uh, you have a good idea, though, yeah? It's true. So how and then we how... fight for custody all the time. <laughs> yeah, what's the, what's the custody breakdown? Who gets the weekends? We, uh, I get most of the time, because I'm like the mom of the group, and he's like... No, actually, if there's parents of the group, they're the parents of the group, and like, Lola gets mad, and we all shut up and most of the time. She's scary. <laughs> can be. It can be. You can't be friends with your mom. You gotta yeah. keep the kids in line. Yeah, no, with that ass. Like, no, no, I'm just playing, guys. 50%. <laughs> 
On that note, I'm very serious. How has your shared interest in activism and advocacy influenced the way that the band makes and performs music? So, um, so basically, it, it influences the the content really. So, like when when during the pandemic, when we were here seeing actually right before the pandemic, we were seeing a lot of you know gun violence, a lot of uh, deaths, uh, police brutality. And we felt like we didn't have any way of, of making a difference. And basically, music is our superpower. So that's the way that we were able to do something about it. So Toda Mi Gente came out of something like, like the stuff that we felt powerless for. It gave us power to feel like we could do something about it. And that's, that's how things that we can't change make us feel like the only way we could change those things is by making music. So yeah, see, uh, you'll hear more songs later on that do that. Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to add to it before I lose my train of thought. Um, 2MX2 has always made music um, about what's going on in our community. They make uh, protest music. Um, what we see and what we live, like those are really the true inspirations for our form of expression. We feel like music is one of the most elegant ways to bring ideas to the surface without it feeling so scary. Because some of these things that are happening in our community are pretty scary and hard to talk about. But there's something about being vulnerable and, and bringing art to the forefront and being able to be like, look, we're gonna be vulnerable about you know, being here and putting our hearts on our sleeves um, so we can all feel comfortable enough to say what's on our mind and how we're feeling about what's going on in our world and in our life. So yeah, with Toda Mi Gente, definitely that was the case. We were seeing that a lot in our community. We still are. Um, and we wanted to say something, but we also wanted it to be a celebration of us coming together with diverse minds and solutions. And so that's why the music feels so upbeat. It's like this, let's come together, let's find solutions, but let's still talk about these things that are happening. Right, we wanna entertain and educate. Well so you guys are very much a local band. You're all from here for the most part. You grew up here. What do you think that the Denver scene is doing well for artists, and what do you think that it could do better? So um, one of the things that I think uh, the Denver scene is doing well is, is offering grants to artists, uh, just like Sonic Guild, you know, solid. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we've also gotten grants to, to perform at Denver Public Schools, so like the, the grants keep us alive, honestly. Um, if it wasn't for, for things and opportunities of, make, of providing our communities with music through things like grants, we wouldn't be able to make this a full-time job. And so we're really grateful for, for that. That's one of the good things I think Denver is doing good for them, is offering grants to not just, sometimes it's just for nonprofits, but there are some grants that they have for artists too, you know? So thank you for all that, for all those opportunities. Agreed. Yeah, I feel like Denver does a lot for the local music scene. Um, one thing that I think maybe could be done a little bit better, though, um, we do have some big names out there that are buying certain venues. And... Um, Live Nation! <laughs> and, and, yeah, no, it's, it's, Denver's becoming a really amazing, like, 
music scene, to be honest. Um, but I, I think that sometimes local artists have worked so hard to to refine their their live performance, and sometimes it's a little bit hard. It feels a little bit gatekeepy with some of those bigger names stepping in um, to the venues that we've, you know, we've been like, oh, I can't wait to perform there, and it feels like they just bring national acts and don't make enough space for the local artists to perform in those places. Let's talk a little bit about the school performances. So in my expansive free time, I do a little bit of substitute teaching. And last week, or the, the week before, I was substitute teaching at a school in Aurora, and they had an assembly, and a teacher stood up. Uh, Ava, shout out to you if you're listening. You're an amazing person. And she introduced 2MX2. She has known Owen since the second grade? Is that right? And she invited him to the school to perform for these elementary schoolers. And it was such a powerful experience to see the way that this music affected these kids and to see people like them up on stage creating art in a successful way, in an uplifting way, in a way that's speaking about something important and is affecting them directly. How did you get into that experience? Was it through the grants? What is it like playing outside of the traditional circuit? And maybe can you share some of your favorite memories from your time doing that so far? Yeah, that was one of my favorite memories that you experienced, actually. It was, it was so, so we were inspired by musicians like ourselves when we were in elementary school. And we just seen some artists on stage. We're like, I want to do that. I want to be like them. And that, that stayed with us our whole life. And basically, we became artists because of those, those, those artists that were on stage when we were kids. And the fact that Miss Hernandez, Miss Hernandez was one of my favorite teachers, by the way. <laughs> I had a little crush on her, but. <laughs> She's still a babe, I can confirm. Yeah, and she um, she basically like she taught me how to be a leader, and and she she was at the school where I was inspired, and for her to ask us to come back to her school to inspire the next generation was just like full circle, a dream come true. It was like we were able to do for them what was done for us. So that was one of the best experiences of my life for sure. And they got to see it; they almost cried here in her introduction for us. It, it's it's really rewarding to be able to do uh, this kind of work, just because, like, when we were growing up, we had arts in schools, but then, you know, after we graduated, we did notice that a lot of the money for the arts programs was being funneled out of schools. So, for us to be able to bring the arts and music back into the schools, not only that, but to go back to the schools that taught us, that inspired us, that brought us up to go back to the schools and to be able to uh, pass that knowledge along to the new students, to be able to inspire the new students that are going to those schools. Uh, because we've, you know, that was one opportunity where we got to go back to a school where Owen used to go to. We've had other opportunities where we went back to our high schools and elementary schools. And every time, it's always very surreal to be able to say, I used to sit in that seat, and now I'm up here. And one day, one of you will probably up here, be up, be up here inspiring other kids. 
And so it continues that inspiration. It continues that cycle of continuing to influence and to continue to inspire people through the arts and through sports and through every avenue that we can to get kids to express themselves because it's very important. Yeah. yeah. And the, the way we got into that is uh, teachers were at our shows and they were just like, hey, we'd love to bring you to our school. So if there's any teachers out here, we'd love to go to your school. Absolutely. We'll make sure it's appropriate. No chichis sueltas there, you know. I highly recommend if you ever get the chance to be in an elementary school mosh pit, it's an experience you want to cultivate. They're pretty crazy. And they'll, like, they'll be like, you have any questions for 2MX2? And they're like, I have a question. Like, what you want? And he's like, I play Fortnite. And I'm like, that's the statement. That's not really a question. But the girls are really smart, like way smarter than the boys. <laughs> like, where'd you guys meet? And talking about compound interest and shit. And I'm just like, hey, like, I don't know. <laughs> Ask one of them. <laughs> nah, but it's really fun. I love playing for the kids. And this last show, my ears are still ringing from these kids screaming. Like, the little girl's like, ah, it's so crazy. Asking for autographs, and it's really fun. I wish adults did that for us. <laughs> After the shows, they're like, okay. We're just like, want to sign? No? All right. <laughs> We're going to go backstage and pack up my stuff. <laughs> Yeah, we've had so many cool experiences. We've had kids uh, try to crowd surf with their friends. Um, they've paraded around. Uh, they've definitely mosh pitted. Um, so it's, it's just bringing that energy to schools. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's fun how they went right past us to Lolita, and they just like make a circle around her, and we're all just kind of like, we'll sign stuff. <laughs> I make the music, guys. <laughs> Lolita's world, you guys are just living in it. Yeah, no, it's awesome, we love to do it, it's awesome. One last question to wrap us up. You guys have been a great, amazing audience. Any advice to artists who are just starting out? Just fucking do it. Just get with your friends and yeah. do it. Yeah. You got an idea? Fucking do it. Can I cuss on here? Sorry. Yeah. We'll bleep it out, Can we'll I bleep it out. Does that count? Uh, I think the F-bomb is, is a curse word, but that's okay. That's okay. You do you. All right, all right. We got Luke at Luke okay. William Productions hooking Just us up with the host. do it. Get with your friends and do it. Yep. Persistence. Persistence. Stay yeah, persistent. Keep, and have fun with it. Like, if you find, if, you, if this is fun for you, then just figure out ways to, to keep getting better. And, and even when you get to the point where you feel like you're good, just keep growing. Just keep learning the next thing, like find out how to use a wireless microphone, how to plug things in, <laughs> you know, like do simple things that are going to help you in the long run. You know, there's, there's just so many things that you could do to make yourself better. So starting artists, just find what you love to do and then figure out how to get better at it every year. Duomx2, you guys are amazing. I can't wait for your next set. I want to see everybody dancing. Thank you so much for your time. That's a wrap. We'll be right back. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. Check out the links in our show notes to experience 2MX2's music and to become a member of Sonic Guild Colorado. <laughs>